Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Downtown Harbor Church. My name's Adam. I'm the lead communicator around here. I'm so excited that you decided to join us for week two of our series called Surviving South Florida. One of the reasons we decided that it was important to take a pause and to talk about this unique place that we live is because it's just indeed that, the most unique possibly place in the entire country. This melting pot of culture and diversity and madness and sex and money and these things that we don't get in a lot of other parts of the country. And so we are just taking some time out to talk about what it looks like for each one of us as we navigate life, maybe with our family, maybe with our job, maybe with our spouse, through this idea of surviving South Florida. And when we say South Florida, we mean West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, and Miami specifically, because nowhere else in this state is as nuts as those three places, okay? So before we begin, I just want to kind of open up with a story, okay? So on Friday, my wife Caitlin and I, she is actually downstairs working with preschoolers right now. She's an ER trauma nurse at Broward Health. We were at this kind of like boutique dog store. We were getting our dog her food and um, we got her a new leash, which was ungodly expensive in South Florida as you would expect it to be. And so sure enough, on the way home, we're going down Davy Boulevard. And so if you know anything about Davy Boulevard, we were going east and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye, I saw this man in a green shirt just running, spraying sprinting across the street, right? And I was like, what is that guy doing? And Caitlin's like, I hope he doesn't stop because we don't want to hit him. He appeared to be a homeless man. Now, you're probably aware of this, but we have a large homeless population in Fort Lauderdale. I couldn't tell if he was a homeless man or our executive director, John Garippa. I couldn't tell. But regardless, I mean, he was sprinting across the street, and this man, in one fell swoop, decided to, with his left leg, drop kick a garbage can. But the garbage can didn't go down. This man went down, okay? And he rolled twice over into the street. And my wife, the trauma nurse, she looked at me and she goes, would you like to know something? That is why I have a full-time job right there. And I said, okay. And you know what else she said to me? She goes, you know what? South Florida, what a place. <laughs> because probably in many other parts of the country, you're never going to see something like that, like we just saw. And so sure enough, as we moved to South Florida about eight and a half years ago, one of the things that we've done is taken an inventory of kind of how wild this place is, how different this place is, how unique this place is. And furthermore, if you are a follower of Jesus in this room, how we actually follow Jesus in this crazy wild culture that we call South Florida. So I wanted to do something, and I did this last week, but I want to do it again. I wanted to show you a map of where I grew up, okay? So I grew up in this, evidently we got this map from like NASA or something. I don't know where we got it, but it's, bad. it's a bad map. Regardless, this is where I grew up in a little town called Temperance, Michigan, okay? Zip code 48182, population, who knows what. But Caitlin and I met in a very, very small town. So we took these two small town kids from Southeast Michigan and we replanted ourselves to South Florida about eight and a half years ago. But one of the things I did last week was show you this map of where I grew up, but I didn't show you a picture of what it looked like where I grew up. Possibly one of the most happening places in our entire town. The place where if you went to this place, you were in the inn on a given week. You would go here to make sure you were a part of the action, to make sure you were the bee's knees, to make sure you were meeting people left and right. So I wanted to show you what this looked like in my hometown, which was interesting because, just to make a point, there's not a lot going on in my hometown. 
And when we got replanted to South Florida, we were kind of blown away by all there was to do, by the nightlife, right? By the action, by everyone who was, had money down here and the culture that's down here. We didn't know what to do. And then specifically, someone took me on one of my first times I was down here to South Florida. They took me to this street, Las Olas. A lot of you have been there. And I was just completely blown away by the culture and the atmosphere and the restaurants and the things that were happening on this particular one main drag in our city. I was blown away based on where I grew up versus where I now lived. And the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that not everyone in this room, but a lot of us are replanted from a different part of the country. And so when we get into South Florida, we're kind of in this culture shock. And what do we do? How do we survive it? Even if you've lived here for your entire life, you're probably still trying to figure this out. How do I actually survive South Florida? So one of the things that we did was we took a look as a staff and said, okay, let's kind of go over and review and take some inventory of things that we think are running wild in South Florida. So last week, we had a very frank and honest and PG conversation about sex and what that looked like and how it was kind of everywhere, around every corner and every turn. Why? Because it sells. It's sold, right? And so last week, we had a conversation about sex. If you want to catch up on that, right, go ahead and listen on our website at SoFloChurch.com. But this week, we're going to address another issue, something that I think is running wild in South Florida like I've never seen anywhere before in the history of my life, something that I think is so unique to our culture and so interesting that we have to talk about it because we live in this culture day in and day out. And here's what we're going to talk about this week. It's partying. Outside of Las Vegas, I'm not sure I've seen partying like that, that takes place in South Florida. And maybe you're a part of that scene. Maybe, you, maybe this has a different meaning than the, maybe that I would you know, put to this word. Maybe it's light for you. Maybe it's heavy for you. Maybe you're in the club scene in Miami. Maybe you're in the bar scene in Las Olas. Maybe you don't party. I don't know what your situation is, but I do know this. I do know that partying is running wild in South Florida from the start of the day to the end of the day. So, I just wanted to take a second and do something because this is sometimes just what I do. I wanted to give you Adam's observations about partying in South Florida. And I think this is going to be an exciting time for some of us to realize this because you'll probably feel like there's some common denominators, right, related to this, uh, these observations that I have. Number one, here's my first observation. People can start drinking mimosas at any time during the day, okay? I don't know if you've seen this, but I mean, it is like 6 a.m. People are at the bar pouring mimosas in South Florida. I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, are you kidding me, right? People can pour mimosas at any time during the day. And I know people, right, who even will order a mimosa and say, hold the orange juice, okay? Because I'm not interested in the orange juice. I just want the booze. And I'm going, okay, interesting. There we go. It's the observation of me in South Florida. Here's another thing that I just want to tell you about where I grew up just real quick, right? I know that our major city that we grew up closest to in South, when I lived in Temperance, Michigan, was Chicago. Anybody ever been to Chicago? Okay. So we grew up, and Caitlin and I actually got engaged. We, got, we had our engagement in Millennium Park in Chicago. And Chicago, until 2015, in the state of Illinois, did you know this, they actually made happy hour illegal. You could not have a happy hour in the state of Illinois until 2015, which I found to be very interesting. So I didn't know what happy hour was. We really didn't go. So when we came down here to South Florida, we heard that happy hour was a thing. Well, we live across from the Galleria Mall. 
And so we've lived there for our entire time here, eight and a half years. And I said to Caitlin, hey, maybe we should go to a happy hour one time. There's a cool little place that I saw over there called the Blue Martini. I've never heard of it. She goes, okay, why don't you give them a call and see what time happy hour starts? And so I called over to Blue Martini. I said, hey, can you tell me what time your happy hour starts? And the woman on the phone goes, 2 p.m. I said, 2 p.m.? Who, start, who starts drinking at 2 p.m.? And so one of the things I've realized that happy hour in South Florida really goes from two, starts at 2 p.m. and finishes at 10 p.m., right? And this is true. Another observation, okay? This is so key, right? This is not just 20-year-olds, okay? In, you go out in South Florida, here's what I want you to know. Middle-aged men and women and the elderly are going just as hard. I don't know if you've, I mean, like, everybody's going in South Florida. Like, this is not just a few random people or it's a college town. Like, everybody is going hard. And then, I got to tell you this. So, I don't know where the manual is, right, for partying in South Florida. I've never seen the manual, but this has to be in the manual because for every middle-aged man in South Florida, there is a standard-issue uniform that, for whatever reason, when you go out, you must wear. And here it is, okay? This is key. <laughs> And I don't, I don't know why this is and why this happened, but I know that there are some people, even in this church, who, multiple people who have this shirt, okay? And I'm going, I don't know when this happened and why this happened, right? But these are some of the observations that I have made about partying in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida. And furthermore, this is a Robert Graham, and if you need one, I have some contacts, so let me know, and we'll get you one of these if you want to go out in South Florida, okay? Here's something I want you to understand about South Florida and why I think partying is kind of running rampant and running wild here in our community. Because we live in a place where people pay hundreds and thousands of dollars to vacation. Weather is extremely good here. In fact, the Port Everglades cruise port is set to become the number one cruise port in the United States of America. People spend life savings to come down here and live. Because why? It's the tropics. It's tropical. This is an awesome place to be. South Florida is an amazing place to be. But you know what nice weather does? Nice weather leads you into a Margaritaville mindset. And you're always going, you know what? Man, it's five o'clock somewhere, isn't it? Because the sun is out and people are pouring and it's time to get down, right? Because it's nice out and it's beautiful and it's sunny. And how can we go to work here in South Florida? Because it's such a beautiful place to be. Now, you sat through the first 10 minutes of this message, you might actually say, man, that guy or this church thinks that partying is bad or going out in South Florida is bad. Here's what I want you to know about that. That is not what we think. That is not what we believe. In fact, there are many people in this church who are regulars in this city, and they should be. So I want you to know this. Partying in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. Don't miss this, because everybody probably has a different definition of partying. Partying in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. But when partying, when you get out of control, when it leads to sinful behavior, it's bad. Okay? When it leads to sinful behavior, it's bad. When it leads you to do things that you know that you shouldn't do, that aren't of God, that aren't of the will of the Father, it is bad. And you should abstain from those things. And the problem is, in South Florida, a lot of time partying is running rampant and it doesn't lead us to make wise decisions. It lead us, leads us into sinful behavior. And then, not only just sinful behavior, but sinful behavior leads to regret. 
And when it leads to regret, it's bad. When you wake up in the morning and you go, what in the world did I do? Why did I do that? Why did I step over that line? Why did I not participate in moderation? Why did I not make the wise decision as the scripture calls us to make? When it leads to regret, it's bad. And you know what the truth is? The fact of the matter is, a lot of us in this room have been there. And a lot of us have woken up and gone, what was I thinking? How could I have done that? How could I have hurt my own life? How could I have hurt the life of someone that I care about? See, when it leads to regret, then partying does become bad. At whatever level you think partying is partying, but we're going to talk about that in a second. Because I want to talk about what I believe that partying actually is. I believe this related to a person who has no self-control, cannot control themselves, is out there all the time. Here's what I believe. I believe that oftentimes partying is an outward side, uh, sign of, of you needing to fill an inner void. I believe that when you are excessively going after this world, that oftentimes there's an inner void in our heart, that there's something that we need to work on. There's a hole. There's something that we're trying to fill with this partying. There's something we're trying to numb with this partying. And so I started to ask myself a question. Here's the question. I said, what are some voids that people have? Just as pra practical examples, what are some voids that maybe even some of us in this room are dealing with, right? Maybe over your life, you're looking for love. And you had it, and it went away. Or maybe you've never had it. And you're going, you know what? I may never have this thing come to me. So I'm going to do whatever I can to get out there and just kind of numb the void, numb the pain that it causes. Maybe some of you are looking for love. Maybe some of you in this room are looking for peace. Maybe you're just looking for peace in your life. Maybe it's nasty at your workplace. Maybe your family's a mess. Maybe you've just been through something really devastating related to a relationship, and some of you are just looking for peace. And you know what we do? We try to fill the void with a party, and the void will never be filled. Maybe you're looking for direction. Maybe you're at that stage in life where you're at a crossroads and you were one place and you're at another place and you're going, I need direction in my life. I need to understand who God is because I'm not finding it with this party. I'm not filling it. I'm not filling this void with what I should be filling this void with. And the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of us in this room have had voids. Some of us even today have voids and a lot of us will have voids in the future. I just want you to know something. We're all looking for something, and we're not going to find that by partying. This does not mean, don't let me say it again, this does not mean at whatever level I speak about this that I think it is bad, and I'm going to talk about that in a second, because we at DHC are a culture that believes in getting out there in our community and reaching people, and partying is running rampant in South Florida, and so we want to engage with that at a very you know, reasonable level. But here's what I believe. So many people try to fill that void with substance or party or drugs, and they really need to just fill it with God. They've come to the point in their life where they just need to finally understand that nothing's going to fill that void outside of saying yes to Jesus, who claimed to be the risen Messiah, and that we here at DAC believe that he is who he said that he was in one simple moment, and then your life will change forever. We're reminded of this throughout the entire scripture. The scripture peppers this in in every moment. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, one of the most famous Proverbs, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding for those voids. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast, Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
Isaiah 26, 4. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting what? Rock. So when you experience a void, when there's a hole in your heart, when there's a hole in your life, when there's something missing in your life and you know that you have a void, try to fill it with what really matters. Try to fill it with God. In those moments, don't ever forget, remember God's got you. Jesus promised that to us. He promised that to us as he died on a cross and rose again so that we could live and said, I will never leave or forsake you. I'm with you always till the end of the age. Don't ever give up hope, even when it's bad, even when those voids seem like dark, dark holes. The problem is, especially in South Florida, we try to fill it with things that we shouldn't and things that only make it worse. But I want to kind of hit pause for a second because... In your life, something may be different related to this. You might struggle with drugs, or maybe it's financial stuff, or maybe it's money, but I kind of want to talk about one thing that just kind of runs rampant in South Florida, and it's a key point that we need to talk about, and here it is, alcohol. Now, this is a controversial topic in the church, including the fact that Christians have debated this for centuries on, hey, what is the deal with alcohol? In fact, one of the number one things that I've been asked in my ministry career is, hey, what's the deal with alcohol? Am I permitted to drink alcohol? Should I drink alcohol? Allow me to say this. If you have ever struggled with substance abuse, if you have ever struggled with abuse related to this particular thing, you stay as far away from this thing as you can. That's the first and foremost. We set the standard there, right? But in terms of alcohol, the scripture does not indicate that you should abstain from alcohol, right? There's no indication that we should actually, in a moderate consumption, abstain from this substance. And I just want to be clear about something. Alcohol is a big part of culture in Fort Lauderdale. Dare I say, because of our multicultural influences from different cultures and societies, it's fairly common. From Europe and South America, it's just been brought to the forefront, right? Like, it's not like this in Tupelo, Mississippi. It just isn't. Like, there's not the melting pot there. But there's nothing in the scripture that says that you should abstain from alcohol. But let me tell you what it does say. This is so key for us to understand. It does say don't get drunk because being drunk leads to unwise decisions. Here's the key. And by the way, you're going to have a different definition for what drunk is than the person next to you because you're going to have a different tolerance level and you're going to have a different body, right? But it does say don't get drunk. And I believe the scripture says this because drunkenness has ruined people's lives over time. It's ruined people's families over time. It has ripped apart families throughout the course of history. It does say don't get drunk. And I believe the scripture says this because it knew, God knew that people would struggle with this thing. Why? Because it numbs the void. It numbs that void in your heart. So then I started to ask myself, what is drunk? Like if we look at this definition of drunk, a lot of people would have a different analogy for that. What is drunk? And here's the only thing that I could come up with. And this is just one guy on the stage, right, who, ha who happens to have a microphone, right? I believe that when you lose the ability to control your own actions, you are drunk. And so often, here's the truth about a lot of us, and I don't take myself out of this category either. One of the things you'll find about me at Downtown Harbor Church is that I'm as transparent on this stage as I am in real life. You'll always see the same person walk off as you will see outside. I am no different up here than outside in this city, right? This is so key. 
Because when you lose the ability to control your own actions, you make mistakes, you make unwise decisions, you dishonor yourself, you dishonor God in the process, and that's why it's so key for us to understand that drinking alcohol is not the problem. That is not wrong. Drunkenness is wrong. In Proverbs 20, verse 1, it says, Wine produces mockers. Alcohol leads to brawls. Those led astray by drink cannot be what? Wise. You know the story I told you when we started about the guy in the green shirt who was running across the street and kicked the garbage can? You know what my wife said to me? She goes, you want to know? That guy's hammered because I have patients like him who come in every single day to Broward Health and I have to deal with him. And you know what? He's going to wake up at some point and he's going to regret everything that he just did. Or, even worse, he's going to go out and do the exact same thing over and over again until he might not even make it, until he might not even survive. In Luke 21, 34, it says this. It says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Here's the deal, gang. This is not in the scripture. This is my opinion. This is not in the scripture to rob you of the ability to have fun, Right? This is not, in fact, there's a lot of people, especially those at this church, myself included, who moderately consume alcohol, who have a lot of fun together. We have a ton of fun. I've never seen fun like had in this place, by the way, just so you know, okay? This is not to rob you from the ability to have fun. This is so unwise decisions don't ruin your life. This is so you don't have to get up in the morning and put back the pieces together of your marriage. This is so you don't have to get up in the morning and look someone in the face who's a rehab officer who goes, how can we get you back from this? Because that's no fun to go through. This is so you don't show up to your employment place intoxicated, so you don't have to go find a new job. That's unwise. That's why this is in there. Not to rob you from the ability to have fun. Heck, at DHC, we want to have as much fun as we can within reason. So here's a question. What's the practical Every week we put this word on the screen because we want everybody to hear exactly what we talk about on Sunday and then put it into practice on Monday. And I'm going to give you some really practical things right now related to partying in Fort Lauderdale that I don't want you to take away or I want you to take away from this, right? South Florida, in any circumstance that you're at, right? Here's the first one. I believe you should do this. Engage with a local church. I believe the first thing you should do is engage with a local church, and I'm going to talk about why in just a second. The second one is this, right? Always party within reason. Always party within reason. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say, and look you in the face and say, you're never going to mess up. There might be a time you mess up. There might be multiple times you mess up. But there's consequences to those actions. That's why the scripture is very clear about it. But always party within reason. This is why, don't miss this, this is so key. When Christina did the announcements up here earlier today, she mentioned an event that is going to be this Thursday night called DHC Nights. Just so you know, we do not put on our own events at DHC. And let me tell you why. The reason is it's because we don't believe in Christians or people who might even not even be Christians yet, but just engaging with the church, coming into a holy huddle together and saying to the rest of the world, you can't join us because you're not a part of us. So we created DHC Nights so that we could just actually go out into our community and celebrate and enjoy at a local establishment together, a restaurant, family-friendly activities. Yet, someone, if they wanted to, might be able to have an adult beverage so that people could come up to us and go, hey, how do you guys all know each other? I've never, I've never had this question more than I've had it at DHC Nights. So people come up to us every time and they go, how do you all know each other? And we go, well, 
we kind of go to church together, and some people always go, this is a church? I I ain't seen people like this before, and so I want to personally invite you. I'll be there, right? I'm going to have one of those Robert Graham shirts on, okay, on Thursday night. I don't know if I will or not. I want to personally invite you to come Thursday night, right, at 5.30 p.m. We'll be there. You can come late if you want to, to Funky Buddha. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time, right? Do not miss out. It's an awesome way for people, not only in our church, to connect to each other, but for us to connect to our local community so that people can actually see hey, you know what? You can be a Christian. You can engage with the local church, and you can be normal. And if you don't drink, because we're talking about alcohol, that's fine too. We love that. We want you there anyway. This is not forcing it down your throat. If that's your personal decision, we love that. Everyone is welcome at this event, this Thursday night, 5.30 p.m., Funky Buddha, Fort Lauderdale. Here's the other thing I want you to know about partying in South Florida, whatever level that is for you. One of the wisest things I think you can do related to partying is this. Surround yourself with people who who will encourage you to make wise decisions. This is so important. Because you know who I want around me during moments when we happen to go out on the town? I want someone to say to me, hey, time to wrap this party up. Let's get out of here. Rather than, hey, why don't you have two or three more? Because you know what? People who encourage you to do that might just help you ruin your life. And I don't want anybody to have a ruined life. Not in this room. I want us to have fun. I want us to enjoy this world responsibly, just as God created it. And then this. I want everybody to hear this about your voids. And I'm talking to myself. I'm talking to every single person in a chair in this room. And I'm talking to anybody who can hear my voice as they're listening online. This is what I want you to do. Related to your your voids, related to your issues, I want you to do this. I want you to address your issues. Don't numb them. Don't numb them. Don't, at the end of the day, numb those issues because they're never going to go away if you do that. And some of you might need to sit down and talk to someone. Some of you might need some therapy, and that's good. Therapists are awesome. You should sit with them and have a conversation. Some of you might need to actually, for the first time in your life, address these real, real issues. Don't numb them. You know what that's called? Avoidance behavior. And we never want to promote that. We want everybody to be as happy and healthy as they can because I believe God created the world so that we could enjoy it. Address your issues. Don't numb them. The last thing I want you to know. Using partying to distract you from your problems will only make them worse. Will only make them worse. Don't do that. Seriously. That's why the scripture warns against it. It doesn't say that it's bad to go out and have a good time. I can't find that in there. But I can find that if you numb yourself to the point of consistent drunkenness, that your issues will only, only, only get worse. And partying is running rampant in South Florida. If you haven't been out yet on the scene, just get out there, right? Never seen anything like it in my life. It's here, it's alive, it's relevant. And that's why we talk about those things right here at DHC. If you need to talk to somebody about it, Don't hesitate to find anyone in one of our lanyards or shirts if you want to have a conversation. We'll definitely be in touch with you or those cards on your seat. If there's just somebody that you need to sit with and have a conversation with and we can direct you elsewhere if we can't deal with it, just go ahead and write on one of those cards. Please contact me, right? They're there for a reason. That's why we are doing this as a community together, to be in this together for each other with Jesus right in the center of our hearts, right by our side. Let me pray. 
Father, I'm so thankful for who you are. And I'm so thankful for what you do in our lives. And God, would you please just guide us? I pray for anybody in this room today who's struggling, that has voids in their life, that has a void that just needs you to fill it. If that's the case, I pray that they would just in their heart repeat this after me right now. Lord God, Jesus, come into my life. I believe that you are who you say that you are, and I want to follow you for all of my days. I've been filling the voids in my life with things that I should not have, and I want to love you so that you can pull me out of this dark place that I'm in. And God, I know that you're hearing and answering that prayer. And we'll be so quick to give you all the glory. Jesus, guide us, bless us, help us to navigate this in this wild community that we live. And we pray this all today in Jesus' name. Amen.